Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott, I am your host, and this is the show. And it's not the normal show that you're used to, it's not the one-on-one conversations. Today is one of my favorite things that we get to do over here at Marvel Plus, and that is the roundtable discussion, where we go back and discuss the series, the most, the latest series we've watched as a whole, as a group. We bring back guests that were on for the individual episodes, and we get to hear their final thoughts after finishing the series. So um, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, today we have Michael O'Rear back uh, from, I believe, episode two. We talked to him. Um, we have... We have Ryan Sanyo back from Sanyo Cast. He was on episode five, I believe. And then we also have Andy Mossum, who I talked to way back for, I think, episode three of Ms. Marvel. Um, I had some other invites out there, but some of them couldn't make it, unfortunately. But I'm, I, I hope that uh, the four of us are enough to entertain you uh, for about an hour or so. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, let me know your thoughts on it. And uh, yeah, let's jump into the conversation. And then it got wait, a bit wait, more... wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 dude, I forgot to hit record. I'm really sorry. Oh, <laughs> I've done. Haven't we I all like, done? I thought I'd done something done wrong. Right? I was like, oh. I've been here. It's been, but I haven't. I haven't done that in so long, man. Okay, but it's bound to happen from time to time. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna introduce you guys one more time. Um, all right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, we are back for another fantastic Marvel Plus roundtable discussion, this time for the surprise hit for me, Ms. Marvel. And with us tonight, we have three awesome guests, uh, people that were here to discuss individual episodes of the series as we went through, and now we're here to talk about how it ended up, what we thought of it overall. And with us tonight, we have Andy Mossum from across the pond. <laughs> Hello, great to be here. And we also have Michael O'Rear from the Stark Wars podcast. Hey, so happy to be doing this. Listen, um, I'm not feeling 100%. I think it might be some sort of mutation. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, props for the uh, the Stark Wars merch. I have to mention that again. I know I already said it once when we were uh, supposed to be recording and weren't. But I want the listeners to realize <laughs> how cool I think that shirt is. So you have a cool, like... Uh, mashup of like you know your podcast is Stark Wars, so it's a mashup of Iron Man, Star Wars, and um, your shirt. If I could describe it, it, it says Stark Wars in like the Star Wars font, and then you have a lightsaber, a Sith lightsaber with an Infinity Gauntlet hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The hilt is yeah. The hilt okay. is like a. It's got the stones on it. So uh, yeah, no. I I, I, I'm, I really like it. Like I know it. It probably seems like I wore this because I'm on the podcast tonight. But no, I wear my merch like just all the time. I love it so much. Yeah. No. It's all. Dude. If I if I came with the design like that, I'd wear it too. I'd wear it all the time too. I'd be like, look what I made. Um, but also with us we have Ryan Sanyo from the Sanyo cast. Yeah. Hello. Uh, welcome. Thanks for having me back. Not welcome back. <laughs> this is your podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I would agree with the sentiment. Like this was a surprise hit for me as well. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to be back and get my all my thoughts out at some point here. Yeah, yeah, it, it's everyone's podcast, Ryan. No worries, man. <laughs> you can take ownership too. Um, so what I'd like to do now is kind of go around and get everybody's overall thoughts about the series. Um, 
I've already said it's kind of it was a surprise hit for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think every episode was perfect, but there I feel like the good really outweighed the bad with this series. And overall, I was it was surprisingly great for me. I really enjoyed the series overall. Um, now, starting with Andy, we talked for episode two, so it was early on in the show. A lot happened after that. What did you think about how the series wrapped up, how it finished off? So I'm in agreement with everyone. I thought it was a, a great hit of a show. Um, definitely a lot better than, than I maybe thought it was going to be because we talked a lot in our episode about would we be able to relate to the characters given the setting, um, given the the background of, of Kamala and her family. Um, but I think there was something there for everyone that you could relate to. Um, the show started off quite fun, quite light as with the... Um, with the way that they did sort of like the the character stuff and the, the the caricatures the the drawings and stuff like that and i found it did get more serious as the show went on they kind of dropped off that and it, i don't think they did any for a few for a few episodes in the middle as well um but as we got towards the end it definitely picked back up again and focused more on sort of kamala's character and her sort of coming to terms with who she's going to be with those sort of powers and the fact that she's not going to be scared of having them um, and she's not going to back off that somebody from her sort of religious background and stuff like that can't have those kind of powers and make a difference. Um, yeah. Obviously, surprise ending in terms of what she ends up being in terms of her her heritage and <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, and sort of where her DNA's come from, um, yes. which we weren't expecting. But overall, I was thoroughly happy to to sit and watch that series, and I've watched it again since then. To be fair, and um, and yeah, I was a, a a big fan of it. Definitely something refreshing, something new and something that I think the MCU kind of needed overall. And it's sort of taking it in a different direction now that we can all see where it's going to be headed. Yeah, and I think with with all the uh, the revelations that came out of Comic-Con too, it's like you can get a kind of better picture of where it might, might lead and what could, you know, they start mentioning uh, that word we've all been waiting for. And it's like, it, it looks like we might finally be getting there in the next few years or so. So I'm excited for that. Um, Michael, what did you think, man, overall after seeing the entire thing? So just kind of getting the vibes of the room here. I feel like I might be on the lower end of the spectrum. This wasn't one of my favorites. And I don't, you know, I love Kamala Khan. I think her character was really great. I I thought a lot of the side characters really great. I think they put a lot of time and like building Kamala Khan and her relationships with the other people. But it was almost like. It was like they kept they were going up the right staircase to something really great. But it's it was almost like they turned around and came back and went up a different staircase. It's like, oh, you're almost you were almost there. You almost had it. Um, I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I think the big thing is and I had this issue with Moon Knight. It's been really hard for me to dive into these new characters and in, in these TV shows. And, and, and I, I don't I'm not sure what it is because. I feel like on paper I should like these characters, these new characters more in a television setting because we have more time with them. But I, I'm not sure what it is, and I think maybe we can talk through it tonight and figure it out what it is for me that isn't totally clicking. Um, I feel like this was a great introduction for Kamala Khan, but that's all it was for me. I, I know who she is as a character. Now I'm ready to see more. I'm ready to see where she goes from here. And I feel like the show could have given us that introduction and showed us a little bit more of like what she's capable of and not only so much what she's capable of, but like, um, I, I think it, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I think a lot of my issues stem from like the villains and her motivations and, 
uh, how that all clicks together. So uh, I'll leave it at that for now. We'll dive into it more. Um, I, I think it was a really fun show, though. I, I like of all of them. Like I think the show probably made me smile the most, but still mm-hmm. maybe in my bottom half of the MCU shows. Okay, I I I can tell by the stuff you're kind of mentioning that we're going to agree on some of the stuff we didn't like at least about the series for sure. Um, Ryan, what do you think, man? Um, I thought it came really strong out of the gates. I would repeat this, the sentiment that the MCU needed this. Um, I wasn't prepared for this to be like as enjoyable as it was right out the gate. Um, but I do think that like, as, as people have already said that it did kind of yo-yo. I thought, I thought the first three episodes were really, really strong. And then I think I might've mentioned this in the episode that I was on. Like they started to get a little too much MCU into my kind of like fun teenage drama. Um, and I think that might be the breakdown. Uh, I do know that like the, the pattern that I see amongst people that, that, you know, have opinions about the shows is that there's almost this line, like if you really just love Falcon and the winter soldier, you love the stuff that's like the movies. And if you like the WandaVisions and the Lokis, you like things that are more kind of playing into what the MCU hasn't been mm. before the Marvel or the Marvel plus before the Disney plus era. Um, and so I, I think that once again, I think I also said this in my episode, I think Marvel wasn't kind of brave enough to just commit to what they had and they needed to kind of throw in some, some uh, villains that as was already said, kind of their motivations doesn't match up with kind of the show to me to some extent. Um, I, I'm pretty high on this series, but in truth, it probably lands maybe fourth or fifth on my list. I haven't sat down and thought about it, but it's not my top pick, but I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, but I do see the flaws. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm in the same place, Ryan. Like I, it's, it's kind of a happy medium. I wouldn't put it in the top either. It's not one of the, my top series, um, but it's definitely not at the bottom and it's because it did, it just caught me off guard. I didn't, ex- I expected it to be at the bottom, like just uninteresting to me. And in the end, I'm like, man, I really enjoyed so many moments in this show that, yeah, I think the good outweighs the bad, but it's not the, the bad. Wasn't that bad. You know, it was just like, like you said, some poor overall motivations. It felt kind of not, not coherent. It didn't make sense. It, it I felt weird about the, them dropping, like basically changing who the villain was in the last few episodes. They're just like, oh, we're done with these ones. We're going to do these ones now. And they're the even less threatening ones. Like, so, yeah, I enjoyed it because of all the stuff that, that I think you liked about it, Ryan, which was like all the character stuff, the character-driven stuff, not the Marvel fighting, flying through the air. Now, some of it was cool. I really liked her power set in terms of like fighting ability and how she used her power set. Um, but yeah, just just all the action sequences were not my favorite part of it. My favorite part was the relationships, um, you know, the banter between friends and stuff like that. And all the, and the show was like a, it was educational as hell. Like I, I learned a lot of stuff I had no idea about going into this show. So that was my favorite aspect of it, but I wouldn't call it a perfect show or even close to perfect. It's, it's, it's just not somewhere in the middle, I think somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle. Um, so what I wanted to do now is instead of in some epi- in some of these round tables, sometimes we've gone through and discussed each episode and kind of went around and talked about each episode individually. 
but I found that I like to go into characters more and discuss like people in the show and what we liked, things that they did or didn't do or what have you, rather than do it because we already did go through all the episodes, you know, week to week coming up here. And we're basically just going to be rehashing pretty much the same stuff. So if we could dive into like a character discussion, I've, I've kind of got them separated into little groups here. Um, but I like to start out just with, with Ms. Marvel, with Kamala Khan. And just overall, like, stuff that you liked about her in the series, um, stuff maybe you didn't like, maybe her power set, you didn't like how they showed it, whatever it is, tell me about Kamala Khan, and we will start with Ryan for this. Um, I, w- I think they did a really good job of capturing the character. Uh, the actress just loves the MCU, and that comes out in the character. Uh, I-, I guess I can take it or leave it on her powers. I, I'm kind of in the camp where I don't necessarily know that Mr. Fantastic Powers uh, look great on in, in you know live action movies. And so her powers just being a little bit different and being able to do like the, the jumping and stuff, it, it's different, but it's not horrible to me. So I, I, I would say I like the interpretation. Yeah, I would um, I would have to agree with you on that one. To be fair, um, in terms of how they set up a power set, obviously it seems that they were doing that to make sure it wasn't the same as Mister Fantastic, who's going to be coming, as we know, in a couple of years' time. Now, um, mm-hmm. it looked fantastic. I think that the whole hard light thing and, and and the colors that they gave it was a really good fit for her. I think she was quite a well written character. To be fair. Um, when they're doing such a, a new background for Marvel in terms of the character being Pakistani Muslim um, and, and the way that she interacted with her family and friends, it showed something that we haven't maybe seen because we're used to seeing obviously a lot of grown-ups in, in the films and TV series and in maybe more serious moments. Um, but overall, I quite liked her character. Yeah, well-written. Um, just showed like a vulnerable teenager that's just you know not the most popular, which always tends to be the way that young characters are maybe written in comics and in films. Um, but she was she was a good character. She she brought the group together of her friends well, and and I think that they're going to have big things for her moving forward. And as, as you also said, Ryan, because you know the actress herself is such a big MCU fan and a big Marvel fan, that just lends to the fact that she wants to get it right as well, and she wants to give a good interpretation of the character. So for me, that that shone through in in the way that she portrayed herself on screen. Yeah, no, and I, again, I think the core of this character is is what makes this show so great. Um, Andy, like you touched on, just like just a lot of her background, and like uh, I know I talked about this in the podcast I did prior, but um, I, I think what's so cool about the MCU is that I feel like a show like Miss Marvel can bring people to the MCU that wouldn't typically be watching the MCU, and then they get invested. And then they they go and check out other movies and other TV shows that explore other cultures that they're not necessarily used to. And I think that's honestly yeah. like the beauty of everything that that uh, Disney and Marvel is doing with the MCU. Um, and, and again, um, it's been touched on this this beautiful coming of age story for Kamala Khan is like it's just the absolute heart of the show. And actually, every time that we kind of step away from that is when I don't like the show because I love Kamala Khan so much that like I feel like we could just focus on her the entire time and her struggles with her friends and her family. And uh, even when she's like, 
uh, going full MCU and her like crazy powers, which, by the way, might be the weakest part of uh, this show for me. I, for me, technically, I, I don't see an issue with it. I, I would like to interview the person that made the choice to change her powers, because I don't think it really matters, because if you look at some of the other like magic wielding people in the MCU, I would say Kamala Khan's powers are more similar to um, Captain Marvel or Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange. You, yeah. You're telling me you couldn't have two people with stretchy powers? I don't buy it. Um, I, honestly, um, I feel like, yes, it's difficult to make that look good on screen. But here's the fact of the matter. Her powers, as they were in the show, didn't look good in general, in my opinion. Um, so how much worse could it have looked? Uh, so uh, um, uh, I, I do take exception with that argument. I, I feel like I, I still was like holding on hope throughout the entire series. I was like, maybe she finds the second bangle and that unleashes her powers to <laughs> yeah. go full stretchy mode. Um, yeah. But we didn't get there and that's fine. I'll live with it. And I'm sure in, in like the uh, in the Marvels where they're going to have a bigger production value, it's going to look great uh, for this. You know, um, I could have used the stretchy powers. Yeah, I I, I, will, I will say though they they did do the embiggen power at the end, so they 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 got a little bit of the ways there. Like they gave her the ability to grow, and so that's pr that's that's kind of the stretchy powers really anyway. Um, is just changing the shape and size of her body and limb and stuff. And I don't know. I I was glad that they did that at least. I was glad we got the giant fist, and I was glad we got big Kamala. Um, but but yeah, I. I agree, man. I think, it, I think it kind of should have been. I, I would like to see the Mister Fantastic style of stretching around. But Ryan, what did you think? Uh, just Kamala Khan, general thoughts. And Andy, <laughs> I already didn't. I already went. It's Andy, right? I think we all did. Oh, did? Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My, whose show is this? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's all our shows. All right, so we come together. What I'd uh, what I'd like to do now is um I, is discuss Kamala's friends and peers just as a group and anything that that you thought about them in general you know who you liked the most who you maybe were annoyed by etc. Um, but we'll we'll start I think we started with Andy last time correct or did we start with Ryan I don't know anything <laughs> okay we're just we're gonna start <laughs> we're gonna do whatever it says on the list how about that. Okay. Um, what does it say? Ryan, I, think, I think it's me. Okay. Ryan, what do you think of Kamala's um, friend, man? I really liked Bruno. I thought that he was he was at least a fun like person to be a confidant for Kamala. I will say I wish we would have got more of Nikita. I I thought what was going on with her in the mosque was like interesting, like kind of coming of age thing. That especially when episodes four and five we're just not in New Jersey for the most part. Well, at all, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't really in New Jersey. It kind of allowed them to kind of just get away from that story. And I, I was kind of invested in that. I mean, as I think it's already been echoed, like the uh, on the ground story of these characters was was fine enough to to have filled six episodes. And so, um, I, I I'm a little confused as to why like Bruno wrote a letter to Kamala and then like one scene later was like oh by the way you're like a mutant um as if like he was writing a letter to say <laughs> goodbye but then he's still there I don't know um yeah. and then oh, what's his name the uh I forget all these names 
Cameron. 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 I I liked him just kind of as like the hot guy for an episode and was surprised that he remained to stick around and he wasn't bad and obviously he genuinely like did not mean to get Bruno's name wrong like it was portrayed for a while but I I, I could have kind of kept or left him Um, I I thought that scene where they run into Kamala's brother and he says that he's the cousin like is a great scene that I'm I'm happy they kind of got back to in the finale where it's like so you're not our cousin (laughs) like Uh, so I thought it was a great supporting cast in terms of like just the, the friends and tangential people. I liked that at the end, that one girl who was like the, the Instagram or TikTok star or whatever their, their social media thing is, like she was just there because the lighting in the auditorium is good. So she just yeah. happened to be there. And then they were able to like tie all together as we sort of, uh, I don't know if we'll get into the last episode as a huge topic, but the last episode was kind of a leap for me. Um, in terms of like, mm, you know, you could really have put on an episode where there are guns in a school at any time and it would have been a bad time. So yeah. I don't know why they made that decision. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy that at least they made them like, you know, S- Star Trek phase, like phaser guns. Like they didn't make them like actual guns. So that's True. good. That's good at least. Yeah. Um, but but Marvel tends to do that anyway, right? Like they have like <laughs> power weapons and stuff rather than um unless it's you're like watching... Spider-Man the animated series. There's no actual guns, it's just lasers yes. and no one yeah. ever punches anybody, just like strong hip checks. Yeah, throws them across the room. Yeah. Andy. Um for me personally, I think Nakia was probably my favorite out of uh, out of the friend set. I think she had a really interesting sort of mini art going on. Um, and they didn't do enough with her for the sort of the second half of the of, of the series. She had a strong, as Ryan said, the first couple of episodes, especially when they're going into her life in the mosque and wanting to get onto the board there to affect change for, for the women um, in the mosque. I was quite liking Bruno, to be fair. Again, I think they sort of, because the, the, the series left New Jersey, they they sort of forgot about these characters a little bit and didn't give them as strong as endings as they as they could have done. Bruno started off really strong. Um, I, I think I was wanting to learn more about him and his sort of background of, of you know, he seems like another sort of little super genius that they've got in the MCU. Um, and they didn't really touch on that at all about, you know, where's he learned the strongest? He just naturally liked that as someone taught him along the way. They could have done a lot more, I think, with him and explaining his little sort of backstory. Um, as for the others, um, Again, I have to sort of agree with Ryan that Cameron was good for an episode or so. He had some had some good interactions. He, you know, his, his good skydive uh, into the pool was uh, was quite cool, and and sort of was a little love interest quickly for for Kamala. But I I didn't think he was maybe the best person to be trying to end the series on as is the bad guy that Kamala was going up against. Even though she was trying to save him, he ended up as you know, the the guy that she's trying to stop from hurting everyone around her. And they kind of could have done a, a bit better with that. Um, so overall, though, I think, you know, for, for the friend set that, that she's had, it's it's been stronger than other series in terms of the, the people that are sitting alongside the the heroes. But there was definitely room to, to be able to progress their stories a bit more within it um, rather than they did because they stepped away from obviously where they're situated. It, it could have been a lot better on that front, but not a bad job overall. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of, of Bruno in, in the queue in the future should we ever get them back into a series. 
yeah, I, I feel like at this point I'll be echoing a lot of what people said. I, I thought Nakia was was really great. I thought she probably, if I had to pick one, she would be the one that I would want to see more of. Um, just I, I felt like she had the most structured arc and that she had something she wanted to achieve. She put the action in place and then she achieved it. And I thought it was really fun throughout the entire way. Um, you know, as far as, um, yeah, we mentioned Zoe, like showing up the last minute. Typically that's like the type of thing that I would be like, this doesn't make any sense. But like, for whatever reason that just worked so well for Zoe's character. I was like, Mm -hmm. I I love that. She's just here for no reason. And like, she's so out of place too. Like one of the funniest moments in the entire series for me. And it's such a little thing, but she is like, they're like preparing for everything. They're trying to get the fire extinguishers. And she's like, breaking the glass like cautiously like i don't know what i don't know what it is but i haven't laughed that hard at any mcu show so i really like zoe as well um and if we're talking like some like the love triangle here um yeah. I, I i've said this on on my podcast as well um i don't know what the competition is bruno is such a loser don't doesn't everybody even <laughs> the guys here don't we all want to go after cameron like he's so yeah. much cooler <laughs> bruno's like desperate and like kind of needy but Cameron's like just awesome. Like we talked about him diving off. Like hey, he does it. He does it all. He he's able to like hold his own in the fight. Meanwhile, Bruno's like getting injured. Um, yeah, no, I was a big Cameron fan. If if I had to choose, I'm dating Cameron, which is weird to say as a straight man uh, talking about a high schooler. But we'll forget about that. Yeah, Bruno really took a hard check in the finale. He's like in like the little window, and they just bam! <laughs> like they just took him out. I felt yeah. bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So how do you feel about that, Ryan? Because you just said you love Bruno. He's like your favorite, right? And like, you know. I think I love Bruno in kind of the same way that that was just pointed out. Like, I was probably Bruno in high school. I was like (laughs) the friend-zoned guy. So like, I like him as like he's a smart guy. He, like I I think I said, he's a good confidant. He was a good person to know Kamala's secret for the one or two episodes that he did. But I, I can kind of agree in terms of like between the two, it's an obvious choice. All right, but what about uh, everyone's forgetting about Kareem? You know, he, he had a short-lived, like one point two episode appearance. But is Kareem the good love interest for for Kamala? Because you know, oh, if, the red dagger guy. Yeah, like if we're if we're shipping someone with Kamala, is it him? Is it? I mean, not your choice. Who do you think's best for Kamala? You make a good point because I was just talking about who's cooler, and like clearly the Red Dagger's the coolest of them all. Um, cool. With that being said, I just don't think we had enough time with the character. I feel like they're possibly yeah. are setting up like like I, I I've mentioned this before. Like I feel like we almost ended on a cliffhanger as if we were supposed to go into a season two because I feel like there's a lot more story to tell with the Red Dagger. So I feel yeah. like. Give me some more time with the guy. I might, I might, I'm probably still team Cameron, but uh, yeah, we, we get there. And Ryan, are you still team Bruno or? For a relationship. No, not for a relationship. No. (laughs) Okay. He's a good friend. (laughs) Even you are friend zoning him. (laughs) (laughs) He's, but he's so good with the family. Oh, this is hard. Because he's like entrenched with the family, but like, yeah, I think he's just like the giant. He's he is the friend zone of the MCU. He is. <laughs> A- Andy, who are you picking, man? 
Yeah, it's, it is a tough one because when you're looking at all three characters, you want the cool, good-looking guy who's well-ripped to, to be the one that would be, you know, your partner. But as as an absolute nerd as well, I think, and someone who's, who always seems to get on well with the parents of, of, of partners and stuff like that, I'd be rooting for Bruno, to be fair. You've got to. I, f- I feel myself in him there. So gets on well with family, is an absolute nerd, and is always going to be the underdog. So, you know, probably the best one because you know he's not going to be wandering off anywhere else, to be fair. Cameron's jumping around in his good-looking car. You know, he's going to yeah. be attracting a lot of attention. Like, give Bruno a chance, man. That's a, that's a really good point because Bruno is hopelessly devoted to Kamala. I mean, he was questioning whether he should go off to further his, you know, education because he wanted to stay with Kamala, make sure she was okay. So there, there's an argument for that. Like, this guy does seem to really love her while the other ones are, like, you know, mildly interested. So And, and don't get me wrong. I, I hear, like, you, you guys relate. I also relate to Bruno, like, 100%. Like, that is me through and through. And uh, maybe that maybe that, maybe that's my insecurity coming out by saying that uh, I don't like that little dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. It's, All right. it's interesting that they gave her so many love interests, technical love interests, though. It's not something they've done too often. I mean, she started yeah. to collect love interests, like Thanos collects Infinity Stones, to be fair. So <laughs> yeah. it was it was interesting that, yeah, to give three love interests in a, in a short series, something we've not really seen the MCU do so far for a character. I agree. and, and But I'm, I am glad that they didn't dive into it too much. You know what I mean? They didn't make they didn't have to uh, shoehorn in a, a romance story as well. They they all just kind of ended on like they're still all just good friends of hers, and it didn't go any further than that. So I, I did kind of dig that because I hate when they when they force a romance in every single thing that they put out. Um, something I really enjoyed about Shang Chi is that it, it showed a platonic male woman relationship. They were just best friends. There was nothing romantic at all about it. They didn't like push any romance into the movie, and it, it's not my favorite film, but. I appreciated that aspect of it. Like, we don't have to have a romantic story every time out. Um, yeah, let's talk about Kamala's family, because Kamala's family was one of my favorite aspects of the show. Like, I enjoyed her friends and the, um, the goings-on with her friends, but her family was probably my, besides Kamala herself, my favorite part about the show was all the interactions of the family, and it felt like I liked how even though I have never lived in that culture, um, it still felt like any other family. Like it felt like a family I've been a part of. It felt like interactions I've had with family members or seen other families interact that way. And it it didn't like, I, I don't know. It it meshed really well with what I think a family is. So it didn't, I I liked that about it. Like they had this different culture, different beliefs. Um, but when it all comes down to it, we're all just human beings like living together you know, having the same family issues and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed, uh, especially her brother, I thought was a fantastic character and her father. I loved, I loved the Hulk. Like when he comes in as the Hulk, that's so, and it was so heartbreaking when she shuts him down. Like that was, you know, all the stuff that happened in the series for me, that was the saddest moment in the entire series is when she shut down her dad, when he had dressed up like the Hulk. So yeah, I, I love Kamala's family. Yeah, I'll piggyback on everything you said there. Um, I, I felt like, again, like a lot of the heart of the story uh, revolved around Kamala's family. And I think in the very beginning, um, there was a lot of like, I don't know if stereotypes is the right word, but there was a lot of like um, 
like the immigrant family that's too controlling over their daughter and doesn't let the daughter do fun things. And I was a little worried about where they were going with their family, but they almost flipped the script entirely by the end where they're like, Hey, guess what? You could be a superhero. We support it. We want to help you with your costume. You're, uh, yeah. We're going to stand on the sidelines and cheer and also be scared when you're doing it. Um, so I, I thought that they kind of like subverted our expectations in a good way with that. And um, yeah, I just I, I had so much fun. It, like it was just such a I will say uh, I think my big exception is I don't know about you guys, but my parents, if I were to pull the fire alarm at my brother's wedding, <laughs> I don't believe I would hear the end of it for a couple of years. I would probably ground be grounded for that long. Um, yeah. I was a little surprised by how easily she got off with that by like completely ruining her brother's wedding. Um, yeah. But then again, like I said, they're subverting expectations. They're a very lenient parent. So uh, no, yeah. I really, I really liked all these people. So yeah, it is weird, right? Like the, they're so strict, but like that was not that big of a deal really. Um, and also, I agree about the, the turnaround at the end, except that actually kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, this is like a total flip-flop. Like, oh, they they all of the sudden, like, she has power, so it's all good. Like, yeah, do your thing. We support you 100%. Where before they wouldn't even let her go to AvengerCon. It felt a little too easy. Like, I get it. Maybe Maybe they saw how strong she was and they were like, we don't have to worry as much. Like, but man, they've seen what happens with superheroes. Like, a lot of them die, you know, like this happens. So I don't know. It felt, it felt a little, um, a little unbelievable how quickly they turned around on, on, on her superhero. Um, yeah. Continuing on. Yeah. I guess beyond the kind of, uh, leap in, in a little bit of their characters, Overall, I loved the family. Like the the, I loved that the the dad. Like that was a that was a really sad moment. I love that her brother is just sort of the kind of I don't want to say arrogant, but just he's he's the big brother. He he clearly wanted to do what was best for Kamala. They show that in like the first episode when he's like trying to like help her navigate how to get through all this stuff with the parents. And I liked that in the fifth episode, it was sort of a like three different generations of women in this family, like kind of beginning to understand each other a little bit more. Um, I'll say that we didn't really see enough of anybody like her grandmother or her great grandmother enough for me to feel like I got a a good sense of those characters, um, at least for me personally. But overall, like the family members were, were, I don't want to say they were like the best. I feel like everything I can say, they were the best characters in the show. Like this was just a really good cast. And yeah. I, I, I laughed a lot at, at like just the things that the family members were doing, whether it was just their banter back and forth, whether it was that like the, the, the you can talk and it will do whatever you want system got set up and kind of the stuff that was gone in the background with that. Or if it was the wedding, that wedding was awesome. And I, I would agree. If, if I accidentally uh, or inadvertently, purposefully uh, ruined a, a family member's wedding, yeah, it, I wouldn't hear the end of it. But you almost feel like in the MCU, they're like, these things happen all the time. Frankly, we got through the ceremony, got through the dance sequence. We should be happy. And uh, I think, I think for me personally, 
<clears throat> out of the the family members, the dad was the one that that stole the show. Really, um, he was always the, the most supportive. I think um, out of there, he was always had the best interests of of, of Kamala at heart, um, and he sort of was the one that was holding the the family together at certain points. Even though the story tends to focus later on a bit more on obviously the mum and the and the grandmum with Kamala, I still think it was it was the dad that really pulled that that, that family together and was sort of the most supportive. Never saying anything negative, even when the mum was sort of in worried or bad moods, he was still there with a smile and a little story to sort of try and cheer everyone up. Um, mm. I, I did love the interactions with the brother. Um, I think Kamala and him had a really good energy between them in terms of bouncing off each other and just having that sort of like the brother's favoured, the elder, I think always tends to be, doesn't it? Um, and and so sort of even though he was portrayed as being someone that you know didn't work particularly hard on to, to earn the family's favour, he still looked out for Kamala as best as he could. And, and supported her and, you know, talked to the family into letting her go to AvengerCon originally as well. So I thought overall, yeah, great casting and, and they, they pulled off what they needed to really, really well to, to, to support Kamala's story. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think, um, I think also just going back to Kamala for a second, because I wanted to mention this and forgot to, um, I just, one of the things that drew me into this series so much was the fact that the actress Iman Vellani was such a Marvel geek, like, and that fueled, like, she, this was a dream come true casting for her, and it's her first ever role, and she killed it. And I think the reason she probably did so well is just because she, much like a lot of the uh, the creators for everything MCU, like, she loved the source material. Like, she loved this character already going in, and so she wanted to do her absolute best. And I think for a first role, like, wow. Like she, she, she brought it home, dude. I, I absolutely loved her as I, I can't picture now anyone else playing her. So that, that says something, you know, like a Robert Downey Jr. As, as Iron Man, it's like, it's hard to picture anyone else playing him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would agree. All right. Now this, this might be the more divisive part here. Um, I don't know what everyone's thoughts were. I, we haven't been able to talk about it a whole lot as uh, individually because of when we had our episodes but i'd like to talk about the villains and the plurality of villains in this series and how it was handled and and what you guys thought of it so uh starting with ryan what did you think uh, about you know we got the dodc as as a set of villains i guess quasi villains some of them and then we also have najma and the nor trying to get back to the nor universe I feel like the villains were easily the weakest part of the series. Um, and I don't know if it was in a sense where it's like they did, the show could have used a different antagonist and didn't need to be something this high concept. Like the Nor, I think, was kind of the point when I went, okay, this is, there's just too much Marvel in, in this. And with, but they just fell out of place and, and I didn't feel like their motivations or what their goals were were very strongly tied into kamala's like like story enough that it felt like it was like just a natural extension and yeah i i I don't know what i would have said should have been the antagonist but i i don't think that they i can understand department of damage control being a slight antagonist in like maybe the back half or the last two episodes because Kamala suddenly comes out very forthright as like a metahuman. But 
we still could have just gone for a more down to earth, uh, like opposite force. Did you just say metahuman on a Marvel podcast? Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> enhanced individual. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on. So, yeah, they were the villains, definitely the weakest point of, of the entire series for me as well. Um, just the clandestines for me aren't major players in the comic book. So to introduce them as, as a villain and that be sort of like the big reveal of, of that's who they were when we were perhaps all expecting Cree or Inhumans to sort of that's what they're maybe to be or have a tie into. Um, it, it just didn't really hit home or they weren't villains that you can connect with. You said the the whole explanation of bringing the Nor into our dimension to, to turn the the Earth into their world. It just there was no real explanation to it, no real explanation as to why. It just felt very lackluster and didn't have as much an effect as as a villain should do. Um, the DODC I think were probably a much better fit for for a series like this, um, as you know they're they're looking for enhanced ind individuals. Um, especially if the Sokovia Accords are still in play, um, you know, whether they, the Sokovia Accords was put on hold during the blip and then sort of put back into action afterwards. So this is the, the people that now chase down people that aren't part of the Sokovia Accords but are still using their superpowers. I thought they would have been a much better fit. Um, and even them, I felt it was a little bit weak at the end. The fact that this one agent goes rogue and orders them to attack the students in the school, um, whilst the, the guys back in the office telling them not to do that, it just it all felt a yeah. bit weak. It definitely wasn't the strongest part of the show um, for me, and in something that they really needed to, to hit home harder. Because to me, I love a good villain. Um, I always love a, a bad person that has a strong motive, um, and and that just the series just didn't really have that for me. Yeah, hey Michael, so. Like me, you had almost zero like comic book background going into this, um, kind of more just the MCU background going in. So whereas Andy said he was kind of expecting maybe, um, you know, the Cree to be a part of it or anything. Did you have any expectations like that or, you know, did that rub you the wrong way? What did you think of the villains and did that have anything to do with it? Yeah, just to touch back down again, I, I don't read comic books. Um, I, I do read, I read, I read non-Marvel comic books and I, I, I like graphic novels. Um, but I, as far as the Marvel stuff goes, I don't have any expectations when I walk into anything. And sometimes that can be really good and sometimes that can be really bad. Um, in this instance, I don't think it was really either. I think the big issue was just, I feel like they needed to commit on something. And I feel like there was a couple, the way they went about it is like the last way I would have chose to do it. Uh, I think the first way, like Andy said, I would have I would have had the DODC be the number one villain. And if you weren't going to do that, make the clandestines the number one villain, right? Yeah. I don't think you can do both. Um, and actually, on my podcast, my co-host Tommy came up with a good idea: is that this show didn't even need a villain. Um, I, I, I feel yeah. like th like. I feel like so often we're so focused on like, ooh, who's the villain of this upcoming movie? And it's like, I don't think a lot of times you needed that, especially in something like this, which is such a coming of age story. If you if you take out all the clandestine stuff and the DODD stuff, you have a lot more time to focus on Kamala and her relationship with her friends and like yep. and also like exploring her powers on the side. Like uh, maybe even like some like very early like um, Spider-Man one uh uh type interactions where she like maybe she like beats up a thug on the street you know it, yes almost it's weird to say but 
put her powers on the sideline a little bit. Like, she doesn't need to be the hero of the universe right now. I think it's going to be a lot more interesting when she is thrown into, like, an Avengers movie, and she is, like, kind of out of place, and she, like, needs to use her powers for, like, a greater good. Like, I feel like here we... I feel like this 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 series either desperately needed a villain or they needed to do no villains at all. Instead, they decided to do two villains and both of them were haphazard. And yeah. that's my biggest problem with this series. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I could have gone for like, just even if it was just spattered in there, like just a few kind of like cameos of street level villains that we were never going to see anywhere else. And then yeah. kind of going off of Andy had said, I, I hadn't thought about this, but like the MCU could very well be showing what the ramifications of the Civil War event would have actually been like had they kept that status quo for a while. Because I hadn't yeah. considered the fact that the Sokovia Accords could still be like on the table because I'm just so used to comic books where it's like, yeah, this is the status quo. And then in a year, we kind of have to throw that out so that like the new status quo can be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the movies, you can stick to that for, you know, as long as you want, because we only need to fill. Well, at this point, we've got like forty hours worth of, of yeah. uh, phase four. But prior to this, it's like you only had to fill like ten hours worth of uh, time in the MCU. Yeah, and it's like so far we've we we've been. I, I mean, I, I'm sure this is going to change some. This is like the phase where it changes, but basically for the past what fourteen years, we've been dealing with the same continuity. Like things have affected other things in the universe that we're watching. And yeah, so is, in that sense, it is much different than the comics because then it's like in the comics, it's like event, start all over, event, start all over. Whereas here we're dealing with like old school comic books where the continuity would go on for decades of the exact same characters. So I like what they're doing, though. I'm I'm much more of a fan of like the older comics. And so when I watch this stuff, I love that it's still tying into stuff that happened way back in like iron man or the first avengers or what have you that's that's what i love so much about endgame is just all the the homage it paid to to the whole story going you know up to that point it felt like a comic book all the way through um so the the big revelation of this series that they dropped at the very end and this has been quite divisive online some people absolutely love it because they love that we're getting mutants finally right um others are upset because Kamala Khan is not supposed to be a mutant and she's supposed to be an inhuman. And there's a lot, there's a lot going into this in humans. We're basically stand-ins for mutants at one point, just because they knew the MCU knew they could never get their hands on mutants at the time. And like, so maybe she was intended originally to be a mutant, right? Maybe she wasn't like the inhuman thing was just a, a tacked on thing that they went with, but Maybe this character always would have been a mutant if not for that. Um, I personally, I don't mind her being a mutant at all. I don't care. I mean, the MCU's done so many things differently than than the source material anyway and changed things up um, in order to, to tell the story they want to tell. I like that, man. I don't like all of the nerds online telling me exactly what's going to happen coming up. I like when they don't know either. You know, it's great to go in and be like, it could be this or it could be that or it could be. And then nobody's right. I love that. So her being a mutant, I'm fine with. I was glad to hear the word mutation uh, made me happy. Y'all know I'm like, I've been waiting for the X-Men to be in the MCU this whole time. I talk about it almost every episode. And it's, yeah, I can't help it. I can't help but talk about it. Um, But one thing I heard, and I want to throw this out there too, before we really get into it, is that 
and I don't know why no one ever talked about this before, but now that we've mentioned the word mutant in the MCU, it's come out and, and everybody's seeing that there were these contracts for the Fox universe, all of the actors involved in the Fox films, their contracts oh. for those characters don't expire until 2025. And that might be why we haven't seen any mutants on this timeline that they just revealed. And 2025 is the only place with empty slots. So we, I, it's like, we'll probably just have to wait a little longer. I like three more years to get some proper X-Men, but I am happy to hear the word mutation. Yeah, I'd like to weigh, on the, weigh in on this as a non-comic book fan, because obviously I came in with no expectation. I know I've, I've seen the X-Men films, you know, like I know what an X-Men is. I know Miss Marvel is not an X-Men. Um, so kind of like you said, uh, I, I don't I don't care if she's an Inhuman or an X-Men. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, what I found weird about this revelation is we we all everybody even like casual mcu fans they know that the x-men are coming to the mcu like it's it's like this invisible countdown that we're getting to it's coming yeah. like we all know it's coming i think my biggest question at this point is what does it mean okay mm-hmm. it's a mutation what does that mean for you are you going to the x-men academy are you going to be a teacher at the x-men academy like for me it never really answered anything so uh, for me, like that, that big reveal was like, it wasn't even a big reveal for me. I'm like, okay, you said mutation. I know the X-Men are coming. And and also just to touch on like what you mentioned about the contracts, I've heard this a couple times. And the first time I heard it, I was like, well, that's, that's BS. That's not even a true thing. Like I, I, I don't know what the contracts are, but they have the X-Men TV show coming out. Those are still the licenses towards those yeah. characters that they're giving to other people to revive and voice and portray those roles. So I don't, Maybe maybe there is yeah. something that's different in the contract that's like animation is okay. I have no idea. But um, I, I think the fact of the matter is is, is they were always going to trickle this stuff in one by one. And I think they yeah. decided to start with the Fantastic Four and the X-Men are going to come later. And maybe, that become, maybe that's because, well, I don't know. I guess Fantastic Four and the second X-Men movies were kind of uh, pretty close together. But I, I, I just feel like... Um, I feel like they they know that we need more time with the X-Men before the X-Men come. Fantastic Four, it's easy to trickle them in. The X-Men is such a big change to the MCU, right? It changes everything that we know about young superheroes, right? And and what what we do with them, how we handle them. If the X-Men was around right now, you know, DODC would have called um Xavier and been like, "Hey, let's put this chick in there," you know? It's so uh, for me um, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but the word mutation means nothing. I want to know what that means. I, I feel like we could have had a bigger reveal here. Um, it was nice, you know, again, just hear the word mutation, but what does it mean? Yeah, I... I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I, I don't really see a reason to get too up in arms about it. I think there's a reason to be excited about it. If, if you are someone that is excited, I'm excited. But like, has already been said, we know the X-Men are coming. And, yeah. and I guess the only thing that this indicates in some way is that there isn't, like, my guess is we're going to, mutants are going to start coming to the foreground. Like, they, yeah. as some people have been like, oh, well, maybe they've always been here and they just, we just haven't seen them yet. And I think this is kind of the sign that, like, if they were really going to still be around, um, or if they if they've always existed, then they, they would already 
sort of have a kind of backdoor, like offhanded way of saying that they're already here. And I think they're going to kind of start to come out of the woodwork now, but at the same time, um, I'm kind of ready for the MCU to present them differently because I think they need to change how the X-Men kind of look going into the MCU because we've already seen iterations of them. And I thought the first place we were going to see, I mean, other than in, in Xavier and Multiverse of Madness, I thought the first place we were going to see a um, mutant was going to be in Black Panther was that Storm was going to show up there just mm. because that's such an easy, uh, you know, called shot. But I don't know. I mean, other than putting in characters that are not that, that are mutants, but aren't necessarily part of the core mutants that we like that the general public would be aware of. Yeah. I, I didn't really expect that we were going to be seeing them for a while. I figured we would see them before they would announce a movie for them. So that's come to pass, but I, I'm willing to let the MCU kind of roll at, roll with it at whatever pace they want to, because while it's not always great, um, the, the MCU is is like pizza. It's it's at least good most of the time. So like, let them do. I, I'm not going to judge. After Avengers, I stopped judging their calls because they proved that like they could they could blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of, of the reveal itself, I think it was something that probably obviously nobody was really expecting. Um, you know, when they talked about it in or when in earlier episodes, I think it was our episode, Brett, when we <clears throat> um, there was a bit where Bruno was doing the scan and he said that, you know, your power is coming from inside you. It's not coming from the bangle itself. And yeah. so we were gearing up for them to sort of announce in humans were, were around and they're, they're going to be sort of taking taking them out of the of the box and presenting them to the MCU fandom moving forward. Um, this, to me, shows that they're probably still obviously not going to go down that route with Inhumans, um, whether they just look back to the to the TV show that they did and just, and obviously they were heavily used in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so they're not going to be that bothered about it and just go, we've kind of played with them already. We're not going to focus on that. Um, I thought a really cute thing that they did when they when they did sort of do, do the mutation bit was that in the background they had the the theme tune from I think it was the '97 TV series. So if you're a, a proper geek that that knows your X Men history, that's it's a nice moment for the fans. Like they they put in those little Easter eggs here and there. So that was to me a really nice little touch. But for how it's going to affect things moving forward, you know, I've already seen a million theories online saying, oh, perhaps this character's a mutant or this. This, this person's a mutant, they've been in the MCU for the last five years anyway. Um, mm. I, I don't want them to to now start announcing characters who aren't traditionally mutants and start naming the mutants, and that's a water down what's going to be the core group of mutants that we're going to get moving forward when they finally do introduce them. I'm really excited for when they do introduce them because Marvel's got this history of picking up characters that other studios have tried to do and done them badly and turning them into yeah. good characters. So we're all waiting with bated breath for the Fantastic Four and X-Men to be done really well by Marvel to get the castings yeah. all spot on and, and see how that goes. But I just don't want them to start taking a bunch of people who aren't traditionally mutants, now redoing them as mutants and that watering down the true meaning of what mutants are or what they should have been sort of previously. Um, so I think you're right. We're not going to see them until, you know, probably phase six. Um, and, and maybe sort of they're the ones that they're going to set them up maybe halfway through phase six. So they take part in like Kang Dynasty and, and Secret Wars. But overall, I, I'm, I'm not too adverse to her to, to Ms. Marvel being a mutant now instead of an inhuman overall. 
So I, th I think it's 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 a clever move on their part to get mutants out there before the core group come in. Um, but overall, I thought not the worst thing in the world that she's now mutant instead of inhuman. Yeah, yeah. I think like for me, it was fine because I, I view them as kind of similar anyway. Like I said, it, it felt like Marvel was trying to push Inhumans um, at the time when when the Inhumans were when they made the series and everything like that. Like they were trying to push it because they didn't have control of the x-men like fox had all that they couldn't really move forward with that so they were trying to push in humans and humans and it, it just it seems so similar to me that i don't care like it's fine for them to make that change it's not even a big change really and and it's people name tag yeah yeah and, and, a, and a similar name you know what i mean like a similar name on the tag that's the thing um it's like bruno and brian it's like it doesn't really matter you know call him whatever um but what do you guys think of this because kurt was on the podcast for the final episode and he he said you know what if this because i've always been of the mind that it, it's going to be really hard for them to try to explain away mutants like being here the whole time like you'd think that even if they had been in hiding and everything that with a huge you know world ending threat like thanos they'd probably get involved like if the X-Men are already together, if mutants already exist, someone else would have helped besides the Avengers. That's what I what I've always thought. And it it'd be odd that we wouldn't have seen any mutants at all whatsoever in our universe. Um, so my thought was always that the X-Men, the the mutants in general, were going to come from another universe. And now we've got all this talk of like the multiverse and um, uh, con what is it called? Con convergence? What What is it? Incursions. Incursions. Yeah. We're talking about incursions and basically, um, you know, universes collapsing in on each other, like merging. That's where I've always felt that they were going to bring in mutants that way. Um, and so Kurt said, Kurt said, what if the what if this whole series that we just watched with Kamala Khan is actually taking place in one of the other universes? Like they don't announce it. They wouldn't need to. We're just like it's it's a pov it's like we're in this universe like and then later it's revealed like because remember that end scene where ms marvel like zaps into the room mm -hmm. or, oh Captain so they're marvel swapping universes they're that's, swapping yes that's kind of what i got is like wow. maybe they're maybe they're like being transported somewhere else um and that's where the marvels you know picks up i don't know but it, it just started to make me think that maybe the universes are something's going on where they're um swapping or something we don't know where kamala went that's all like me guessing but my favorite joke theory was that in deadpool he's just going to go into a file and take the mutants and put them into a folder marked mcu and that will be the explanation i think that would that would be the best like in universe i would revolt i'd be like that, no that's not how we're going to explain it but i would yeah. love that scene for what it would be sure sure yeah i could see that I could see it as a as a standalone joke. Don't actually make it the truth, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's right. weird to me though is I feel like they did really staple this into the like I know there weren't many like cameos and stuff like that, but like with Avengers Con and when they went to Avengers Con, it was like yeah. all like there was Ant Man merch, you know, like they had like the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. there. Like I feel like I don't know that I buy into that theory so much, but I feel like it's for me, it's not too hard to explain away what they do with like a, like the young mutant class, right? 
because like the idea yeah. of like mutations or mutants in general like that's something that we deal with on earth today our universe right mutation yeah. is not like an x-men term it like that's that like we like that's a thing that happens to people when they're born they're born with mutations so i i feel like you can still have mutants in the mcu but the difference is now they when the x-men come about they will finally have the resources to do something about it because for me now if i was born with superhuman strength what am I going to do? Like, I don't know the Avengers. I don't have Tony Stark on speed dial where I can be like, hey, let me come help kill Thanos, right? I, I feel like, I think it is understandable that there are mutants that, like, they don't know how to speak up about what their issues are or they don't know how to help or they don't have the resources to do it. And if I had to pick, that that would be how I introduce um, mutants into the MCU. They've always been here. They just, they don't know what to do with their powers, basically. Yeah, my, my my only issue, the only thing I run into with that is that there are older mutants like um, Charles Xavier, like Magneto, like Wolverine, like these people have been around a really long time. My only concern is it's fine if they do want to find a way to say that they've always been here. I can deal with that. I really hope I don't think they would do this, but I really hope that they don't try to say like mutants are just now becoming a thing like that would be rough for me, I think. Like, if it was, like, only teenagers are mutants. Like, this is the first generation of mutants now. And then that's how they form the X-Men later and, and et cetera. But I don't know. I, I've been of the mind they're going to be from another universe for a long time. But I'll take it either way, man. I'll take it either way. I, I That's my fandom is more for mutants and X-Men than it is for um, Avengers and MCU always have been. Um, in fact, I didn't even care about the Avengers at all until the MCU. Like, that's what made me go, you know what? These characters aren't bad because they showed me a, a really cool version of the character that I could care about. Um, but yeah, that, that's just me. I just, I cannot wait to get, I'm not in a hurry. I don't want to rush them, but I've been waiting a long time and I'm, I'm really excited for it. So mutation thing does not bother me at all um, for Kamala Khan. It's just fine. Um, what I'd like to do now is talk about the episodes in particular and which ones that you guys thought kind of landed the worst and then which ones you thought were the best out of the bunch. So um, if you can try, try uh, as best you can to pick an, ab an absolute least favorite and an absolute best episode for you personally. And we will start with Andy least favorite episode and favorite episode i think my least favorite was probably episode five so <clears throat> the sort of backstory to to the great grandmother aisha along with the completely inexplicable time travel through the bangle for for kamala um yes. we, we needed backstory to aisha to be fair we needed to know what was going on um i, I thought it was a very cliched backstory in a way that the way that it was generally set woman is is you know, something happens, she gets split from a group, she finds a guy in a village somewhere, they fall in love, stay together, the people catch up with her <clears throat> and ends up sort of, you know, getting killed that way. Um, to me, that wasn't a great backstory. I love the fact that there, maybe it was an episode or so before, when we got the sort of Ten Rings reference, um, when they found the bangle, um, 
but also there was maybe a little bit of a Cree reference as well with the fact that Bang was attached to a blue arm. They yes. could have delved more into that with her backstory, I think. Um, is, is that completely just went under the radar after that? They never mentioned it again. So to me, the backstory is very cliched and, and you could write that a, a million different times and, and just shoehorn people into, into that to fit it. And then the fact that they had... I saw it coming a mile off, to be fair, that Kamala was the one that helped her grandmother find her dad to get the last train out of town. So for me, and the fact that you don't explain the time travel either, like how does that happen? What, what, yeah. you know, was it just she was thinking about it and it, the Bangladesh transported it? Was it destiny? You know, that, all that kind of stuff that, that generally yeah. ties into cosmic powers and abilities. It's just a lot, so much in that episode was either cliched, you could see it coming a mile off, or was just inexplicable and, and was never given a reason to so for me that's the episode for me that that i was the least enamored with i'll piggyback on that because i agree that's my least favorite episode um and i think more so for me it's like um brett i know you mentioned in the past like this has taught you and me a lot about like the history of India, right? Like there were things that happened within their history that I was not aware of. And I'm appreciative for that fact. With that being said, in a six episode series for you to dedicate half an episode to this, I was like, the, the entire time I'm like, when are we getting back to Kamala Khan? Like this yeah. feels like a, a huge like sidestep. And again, when time is so precious with six episodes, it, it really just felt like we were just running out the clock. And uh, it's the penultimate episode. And actually, my favorite episode was the last episode. And I feel like the last episode would have been even better if we had spent more time on Kamala Khan and the DODC, for instance. Um, yeah. I feel like the final episode, they finally figured out who their villain was, like, way too late in the game. Um, and they actually had, like, a clashing, like, there was, like, the Home Alone stuff in the school. Like, I, don't, I, I thought that was so fun. And... <laughs> I feel a little ignorant in the fact that, like, when they gave the warning before the episode that this would be sensitive to some viewers, I was like, yeah. why? Like, why? Like, I was looking yeah. for that moment the entire time. I was like, well, what was the problem? And I feel like they handled it really well in the fact that, you know, it was an empty school. Um, mm -hmm. There were non-lethal weapons. And mm -hmm. it was like a bunch of kids just, like, pulling hijinks, right? Like, I thought – I, I really did enjoy that final episode. And also, like, I feel like a lot of people's complaints about what Phase 4 is is a lot of what the final episode gave us. And I feel like it gave us, again, connections. It's it's teasing the X-Men. Um, it's teasing the upcoming film and, and the Marvels. Um, and I, I feel like it really set up Kamala Khan in a good way. So – um, it's interesting that, you know, episode five was my least favorite and then six was my favorite, but that's yeah. how it went. It, it, this show really was a roller coaster for me. Yeah, I mean, th three for three, I think number five was the, the lowest point in the series. Um, I wanted to say number four, but I felt like there was enough with her cousins that sort of like helped to kind of keep the, the, the episode light. Um, mm -hmm. And, and for as much as I, I, I do think that we did need that background, I will agree that we it was a background that I, I, I thought was going to go in a different direction. And it was longer than I expected. And then, like, the whole, uh, like, portal to the other world thing just kind of, like, happened. And we were just supposed to accept that these people get, like, dusted um, yeah. and just go with it. But on the flip side, I, I want to say that 
I wanted to say that episode three was my favorite, but I think episode two was my favorite because it was like the last episode that really had everything that I enjoyed. Like I loved the creative like stuff going on in the background. And mm. as the show got more and more uh, progressed, it, it started to lose that whole like random sketches and text messages in the background. And I think some of that just kind of had to come with the fact that Kamala couldn't be daydreaming as much as she was, but that's like that, that, sequence when she comes back from the party and she's like dancing around and then she slips back into normal life for a second and then dances around some more like that was so fun and that was what really made me enjoy the series and what i was hoping the show was going to be more of and then episode three was great but then at some point it, it did sort of start to become this like we're going to start fist fighting in the in the kitchen of of this uh wherever they were wherever the, the wedding was going on and so it just it didn't hit didn't rank as high as I, I wanted it to. Um, I guess this also goes back to the fact that I wish there had been, I wish bon jo John Bon Jovi had actually shown up. I was really yeah. hoping that would happen and it didn't. Um, and I know on our episode, we thought that Shang-Chi should come in at the end. And I, I still wish that had happened. I, I wish there would have been a definitive tie to the 10 rings, but yeah, I mean, I really don't have a lot to complain about just that episode five, like just was not my flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that sucks. I, I'm four for four, man. Episode five has got to be the, the, the worst of the series. And I I almost feel bad saying it because I get what they were trying to do. You know, it was like a very personal story. They were showing they were doing this departure that showed, you know, her family history. And um, it's like it was a great story, but I didn't need it in this series. It took up way too much time from the story that I was interested in. Like that story is fine somewhere else or if we had eight to ten episodes you know spend an episode on that but spending almost an entire episode and then trying to wrap up that nor story at the very end of it it was way too rushed um and just something i just thought of because andy mentioned it uh where, where the ten rings came in and they mentioned the ten rings and then we also saw the, the blue arm right um now that i've seen the wakanda forever trailer i'm starting to think that maybe the blue arm was something else like we haven't that i before the only blue arms we'd ever seen was the cree mm -hmm. and now we've got which i don't know what they're going to call them now because they're not atlanteans um they, they they're actually changing uh, namor's people they're changing mm -hmm. the name of they're not going to be from atlantis they're gonna be from something i can't pronounce i, I don't i don't know what it is more aztec yeah and um so there was some blue people in there I don't know why they're blue, but they were blue. Um, so who knows? That could somehow tie into it might not be the Cree like we were thinking. You know, we were thinking in humans, we were thinking Cree, and it turned out she's a mutant. And also, when we got that revelation, does that take away all the Nor stuff? Because it's it's kind of weird now. It's like, is her power coming from Nor, the Nor dimension, or is it coming from being a mutant? And like both i mean what part's mutation what part is nor i'm I'm confused by um but yeah episode five for sure the weakest and only because it spent so much time away and then what ryan said like it i think i think ryan said I, one of you guys said it we've all said the same stuff um but the fact that they did all that stuff at the end and then didn't explain it at all like this was supposed to be them going back to their dimension and it looked like they were dying. And then um, Najma actually did die, I guess. 
and pass her powers to her son. Didn't know they could do that. Just pass it on. Um, and then what happened? Did did she die then? Because it made it seem like she was dying when they turned into stone and like crumbled or whatever. Were they? Is that them leaving this dimension and going to theirs, or are they all dead? What happened? And why would they die if they did all die? Why the heck would they all die? Like the the portal was open. This is what they wanted, and then they die. <laughs> I didn't understand it at all, at all. Um, and then. Let's see. We already got Michael's favorite episode because he threw it in there with the episode five, episode um, six. But Ryan, what was your favorite episode out of the bunch? Did you say two? Yeah, two. Okay, so you already told us yours too. Yeah. Um, but Andy, Later we did not. Get, we didn't get Andy's uh, favorite. That's what it was. I think personally, I actually most enjoyed episode one. For yes. me, it's it's what set it apart from a lot of the other MCU series. Yep, there was going to be a point it was going to have to get a bit more serious later on. <clears throat> but the way that they started, it was just so refreshingly different to everything else. The the cute little animations showing how much that she is just an Avenger fan or superhero fan herself. Um, to me, it was it was so completely different to everything else. that To me, that's the episode that really set it apart from everything else. <clears throat> yep, as I said, we're going to have to get more serious later on. And it was going to have to get into the crux of the story. And, and she was going to have to take things a bit more seriously. But the way it sort of set up the characters at the beginning of the series, the lightheartedness, all those fun little doodle animations that it did throughout the episode that tailored off in the rest of the series. For me, that whole episode, and then giving the background to the family right at the start as well and seeing their home environment, to me, all those elements put together made it, for me, the most enjoyable episode to watch of the entire series. It set it off on a really good note and, and just changed it so much from what we've seen that it just, for me, brightened up the whole experience of of watching, you know, MCU shows. Yeah, I I have to agree, man. That that's my favorite episode as well. Just because they did so much in it, they did so much and they did it right. Like it, it like you said, they introduced the family and we got to know them. We got to know Kamala and we got to all the cool background stuff that that as Ryan said, like tapered off throughout and we got less and less of it as we went. That stuff was front and center in the first one. It was so much fun to see them do things like that. They'd never done in the MCU before. It's like, we're seeing her, her thoughts played out in weird, like animations in the background, the text messages uh, coming through on the screen. I, I just thought that was so cool. And it's what sucked me in. Like I said, I, I wasn't interested really going in. I was like, well, I mean, I got a podcast about the Disney plus series. So I got to watch it. And then I go and watch it. And I'm like, just really surprised by that first episode. It like, it made me want to finish it out and find out what happened. So episode one, for sure, for me, is the, is the strongest episode. And now, now I think we can wrap it up. I mean, we have talked pretty thoroughly about the entire series, all the characters, favorite episodes. Um, yeah, so... What I'd like to do is get everyone's kind of uh, where people can find you online if they want to follow you. And, um, you know, if you have anything to promote, like Stark Wars podcast or the Sanyo cast, tell us a little bit about it and uh, where to find you. And then, Ryan, uh, specifically, I want you also to throw in about your magic, the gathering writing, because we, we keep like missing that every time you're on. Um, but so let's start with you, Ryan, uh, Sanyo cast and, and, and your writing. Yeah, um, kind of on that note, I, I, not necessarily a, a Sanyo cast thing, although I'm thinking I'm just going to turn it into like the Sanyo cast network, Sanyo brand entertainment or something. Um, mm -hmm. 
I do sort of have like a uh, first two episodes figured out. I, I I do think I'm going to come back with some kind of podcast. It's going to be magic related. Um, like I said, I've got a couple. I've got two. It's going to be more interview. But I, 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 this entire experience coming on here, coming on the, the SNCC stuff has really made me go, I want to podcast some more. Because actually next week will have been the 10-year anniversary of the Sanyo cast, even though I haven't really made it in like solidly in three or four years. Um, but yeah, I, I write at Hipsters of the Coast about, about Magic the Gathering every two weeks. And I can be found on uh, Twitter at Ryan Sanyo. And yeah, hopefully in the next six to eight weeks, there will be uh, a podcast that can people can start to follow in some form or another. Awesome. Andy, where can people follow you on social media? And, um, and, and, and also uh, what groups are you a part of on Facebook? Because that's where you and I met was in mm. uh, MCU spoiler group on Facebook. Yeah. So on Facebook, we met um, the, um, the, MC, the elite MCU group of um, of MCU spoilers, um, great group to have a chat in about um, about all things MCU. Um, I mean, if you want to hit me up, I'm on um, on Instagram. Uh, the Chef Killer is my handle on there. And in the next two months as well, I'm also going to be um, launching my Twitch channel, which is going to be more Star Wars based. Um, awesome. So my um, my handle is going to be the same on there. The Chef Killer I might obviously change that to be more Star Wars based, um, but that's something I've been working on for a little while now, uh, and that's sort of going live at the, towards the end of summertime. Awesome, Michael. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Star Wars Pod. We do a podcast talking about all things Star Wars and Marvel TV shows, movies, and otherwise. Um, so give us a follow on all. Uh, uh, podcasting platforms. We also have social media at Star Wars Pod on Instagram. Even if you don't want to listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram because we like to talk. We like to talk uh, Star Wars and Marvel with different people. So hit us up. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm at the Michael O'Rear on basically all social media. Uh, I, I always like to plug Letterbox because I'm a big Letterbox guy. Um, because you know Star Wars, Marvel, that's cool. I like other movies too. You can follow me there for movie reviews and stuff like that. Um, also, just to piggyback on some of the writing, I also write a little bit. I am a uh, comic book writer. So if you're interested in some of the indie comics that I've written, you can follow me at the Michael O'Rear and you can check the uh, link tree thingy and you can find my comic books. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. And this was so much fun. Awesome, man. I, I didn't even know all that other stuff. I But I, I will say I love on Instagram, how you post uh, so many snippets from the podcast. Like that's where I initially found your podcast is following you on, on Instagram. So uh, yeah, keep that up. Cause that's a cool, that's, that's a cool tool for people to find you. I like that. Um, glad to hear Ryan that you're going to be podcasting again soon. That is awesome. And, and uh, Andy, drug. <laughs> yeah, it is. And Andy, uh, very cool that you're starting the Twitch channel, man. I had no idea. So that, that's awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed having you guys back on the pod. I hope you can you can get together again for like future episode, individual episodes, even if it's not She-Hulk, maybe Secret Invasion, maybe some of the, we've got so many stuff, so many things that were announced and I eight things in uh, phase six that they're going to announce as well. So I'm guessing a few of those will be series as well. So I'd hey, love you're to have gonna... you you're gonna need like 18 guests for uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. So get ready. <laughs> that's oh, that's gonna be insane to listen I to know. and watch. 
You're going to need to do was, two roundtables, one for every nine episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. And also, um, you know, to that point, uh, Michael, I was like, dude, this guy covers all Star Wars and all Marvel. <laughs> How the hell oh, are you going to do this, man? <laughs> like, when there's like an 18 episode uh, stretch of Daredevil at the same time as like whatever Star Wars series is out at that time, plus movies coming out, like, Oh, I don't envy you, my friend. I do this, and, and I sometimes feel like it's like it's too much. It's too close together. But I can't imagine doing it like all Star Wars and all Marvel. That's insane. Believe it or, believe it or not, Disney Plus is pretty good about um, – I, I feel like – sometimes I feel like their release, release schedule is based on our podcast because they will end a Marvel show and then start a Star Wars show the next week. So it yeah. typically works out. Sometimes there's some overlap, but, you know, we make it work. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again so much for being here. I really enjoyed having you. Can't wait to talk to you guys again. Um, see you next time. Thanks very much. Take care. All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the conversation. I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, I think, you know, it, it was a shorter roundtable, I feel like. Um, it's not the shortest I've ever done, uh, but I just feel like we all agreed so much on so many things. I think it just like flowed a lot quicker uh, than it normally does because yeah, like as you saw, Andy and I had the exact same favorite and least favorite episodes. Um, everyone had the same least favorite episode. So yeah, we just, I think we all just felt pretty much the same. Like this was a really great series, but had some pitfalls, had some things that weren't fantastic about it. Um, but overall it was like a much needed uh, addition to the MCU. Like that's how I felt about it. It seemed like that's how all the guests felt about it. I hope you go check out all their stuff that they mentioned at the end. I will put links in the description in the show notes for you guys to go and follow them on their social medias and, and their, you know, entrepreneurial ventures. And, um, yeah, yeah, just go follow them. Cause a, a great bunch of guys. Um, some of them I know for a long time. Some of them I just met, you know, during this most Marvel series or, or, or shortly before that. So, um, yeah, if you guys could do me a huge favor, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast in general, please go over and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, I will put you into a drawing to get some cool Marvel Plus merch. I'm thinking about uh, making up some t-shirts specifically to give away as prizes. Um, also, if you want more stuff, extra podcasts, I do do extra podcasts, believe it or not. With all the podcasting that I do, I do extra podcasting as well, and I do it for the Marvel Plus Patreon. So if you're interested in getting extra episodes, uh, you know, not necessarily about the Disney Plus Marvel series, but mostly about other Marvel stuff outside of the Disney Plus series, then please go over and uh, favorite, or favorite, go over and follow the Marvel Plus Patreon at patreon.com slash Marvel Plus. Um, for $1 a month, you get access to the video versions of every episode. And, you know, for three bucks a month, you get all the extra podcasts you could ever want. Um, there's a whole back catalog of podcasts. I've been doing this for... Uh, about a year now, so there's a lot of stuff to listen to over there that is not Disney plus Marvel necessarily. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, go check it out. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on Marvel plus, or if you have anything to add to the conversation, uh, please hit me up at real Brett Scott on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and, or you can email the show directly at Marvel plus podcast at gmail.com. That is the official, uh, email for the podcast so that's the best place probably to send an email if you want um 
me to read your comments on the episode or if you're interested in being a future guest. And hey, to be a guest on this podcast, you do not have to be a podcaster. You do not have to be a YouTuber, a commentator of any sort. Um, You can just be a fan, be an MCU fan. Or hey, if you're an MCU hater, I might even have you on if you're willing to watch the shows and talk about them. Um, But yeah, reach out if you're interested in being a guest. I try to get new, interesting guests all the time from all different walks of life. So please get in touch if you're interested in coming on the show. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, Like I said, don't forget to go follow our awesome guests. Follow me on social media. Um, Go follow me on YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Daily BS. Uh, where I talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. You can go check that out. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another awesome roundtable discussion. Um, Ms. Marvel, as I said, just it it, it really surprised me. And that's why, while it's not my absolute favorite series, um, I enjoyed watching it so much. All right, guys. Uh, Until next time, and next time we'll be talking She-Hulk, unless something else comes up. We did just do a surprise uh, a surprise episode a couple days ago where we talked about the Comic-Con announcements for Phase 5 and 6 of the MCU. That was a lot of fun. Uh, go check that out if you haven't already. But yeah, until next time, when we talk about She-Hulk, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marble Plus. Marble Plus.